الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله الله أكبر الله أكبر ولله الحمد الله أكبر كبيرا والحمد لله كثيرا وسبحان الله بكرة وأصيلا لا إله إلا الله ولا نعبد إلا إياه مخلصين له الدين ولو كره الكافرون لا إله إلا الله وحده صدق وعده ونصر عبده وأعز جنده وهزم الأحزاب وحده لا إله إلا الله ولا نعبد إلا إياه مخلصين له الدين ولو كره الكافرون اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وعلى أصحاب سيدنا محمد وعلى أنصار سيدنا محمد وعلى أزواج سيدنا محمد وعلى ذرية سيدنا محمد وسلم تسليما كثيرا Brothers and sisters, committed Muslims, blessed is the month of Ramadan, and blessed are those who obeyed Allah consciously and with deep devotion during this past month. We emerge from the month-long fasting with the takbirat. This is a day of takbirat. All Muslims are instructed to decorate this day with these takbirat. Zayinu a'yadakum bit-takbirat Sometimes habit has the effect of draining words of their meanings. We say Allahu Akbar. We repeat individually or in congregation Allahu Akbar. But we dislocate the words from reality. When we are saying Allahu Akbar, we are saying Allah is Akbar relative to anything in my life and in our lives. When we were fasting, we were behaving Allahu Akbar. 
parted with food and drinks and sex and our appetites we parted for them from them because Allah is Akbar there were moments in Ramadan when we were thirsty there were moments in Ramadan when we were hungry and we had a choice we had a freedom of going and having something to eat or something to drink but our conscience told us that Allah is Akbar than my urge Allah is Akbar than my desire Allah is Akbar than my appetite Allah is Akbar than all of the attractions that were around in the month of Ramadan this should carry on into the rest of the year the 11 months between one Ramadan and the next Ramadan we have to continue with the motivation the spirit and the objectives of Ramadan the words Allahu Akbar we repeat in our salah five times a day we say to begin our salah Allahu Akbar but as I said habit has a way of stealing the meaning from the words Ramadan is to rededicate their meanings in our soul and in our minds so when we say Allahu Akbar Allah is Akbar than the rest of whatever is interfering in our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is easy to understand on a personal level something comes your way and wants to distract you from Allah something happens in your life that wants to interfere between you and Allah and you say to yourself Allahu Akbar and you defeat that lust or that inclination or that attraction you defeat it in your personal life but we are not individuals isolated from society society also has runs its interference in our lives and we should be able emerging from this month-long devotion to Allah we should be able to say to social interference between us and Allah Azza wa Jal we should be able to say to that Allahu Akbar one of the major interferences that we have as Muslims in the world two billion Muslims in the world one of the major if not the major interference that is costing the lives of hundreds of thousands and millions of people innocent people is this 
takfir. We have now a strain of Muslims who are shedding the blood of other Muslims because they say the other Muslims are kafirs. And we should be able to surmount this challenge with this sustained relationship with Allah that we have germinated during the month of Ramadan. They tell you that this takfir is a khariji phenomenon related to the khawarij back in history. No such thing. The takfiris of today don't say, don't quote the khawarij of the first century of Islam. Did you hear that? Did you read that anywhere from anyone? A takfir in our days and in our time which is interfering in our relationship with Allah Jalla wa'ala, this takfir is an umawi takfir. It's not a khariji takfir. Today's books that are produced by the takfiri establishment in the Arabian Peninsula, these books, they don't refer to the khawarij. They refer to early scholars in Islamic history who were bought and sold by the Umawi monarchy. The extension of the Umawi monarchy still exists in the Arabian Peninsula. Some of us may be familiar with our Islamic history. We know the Khawarij had different madhabs within them. There is Al-Azariqa, there is Al-Najdat, there is Al-Muhakkim Al-Ula, etc. They had their own strains. And true, they were easy to pronounce kufr against another Muslim. But that phenomenon has died. So why do we have takfiris nowadays? Where did it come from? A closer look which establishmentarian Muslims ensconced in their wealth and their materialistic power don't want us to discover is this takfir comes from the Umawi monarchy that lives on through the Saudi monarchy in our time and in our real world. Some of the individuals known in Khariji history, Abdullah ibn Wahab, Nafa ibn al-Azraq. Did anyone ever hear their names in takfiri literature? If we haven't fasted this month of Ramadan to defeat in our own selves wasawis al-shaytan that have become propaganda resulting in civil wars and civil strife potentially consuming the Muslims in a generational 
genocide if we haven't observed and if we don't understand that Allah is greater than this interference then our Ramadan has been a technical Ramadan that has not moved our souls today these takfiris they blow up masajid today's takfiris they take dynamite and explosive into masajid and they blow them up al-khawarij in their history never blew up any masjid so why do they tell us this takfir is a khariji phenomenon why can't they put their finger on the pulse and attribute the takfir to its real source the Saudi source this takfiri Saudi phenomenon stretches from one corner of the globe to the next from Indonesia to Nigeria from Central Asia to South Africa we even find traces of them here in the United States and we believe that Allah is greater than this phenomenon this phenomenon of takfir will fade away but it won't cease to exist if we are just passive about it or ignorant about it these establishmentarian elites that colonized our masajid they don't want us to wake up to this reality they want you and me and everyone else to be dummies not realizing what they are doing to us didn't this takfir begin if we want to be serious about this and let's throw our Sunni Shia sensitivities let us throw those away and let us become mature Muslims who can look at our common history and see for ourselves you can go to any source you want didn't the takfir begin with the Umawi systemic takfir didn't it begin with the Umawis saying that Imam Ali is a kafir when the news of Imam Ali's death arrived in Asham where the Umawis were ensconced the people there who were brainwashed just like Saudis brainwash Muslims today the people who were there Muslims were brainwashed by Umawi propaganda when they were told that Ali ibn Abi Talib was killed in a masjid while while praying they said oh does he pray they were shocked to be told that Imam Ali was in a masjid praying because of the Umawi propaganda 
The same propaganda that continues today through the mouthpieces of the Saudi regime. The Sahabi, al-Sahabi al-Jaleel, Hajr ibn Adi, weren't the Umawis the ones who killed him? Who are the ones who said that Abu Hanifa is a kafir? Where did this come from? These people who say madhabs are not Islamic. Where did this come from? Did it come from the Khawarij? But the propaganda of today wants to convince us that that is the case. Just like today's takfiris, they blow up masajid. Weren't the Umawis the ones that went to the Kaaba in the year 64? Actually, when the Umawis went to sack the Kaaba, the Khawarij were there defending the Kaaba. But in today's world, they want to change. They want to turn the issue upside down. The Khawarij used to respect Al-Haramayn in Mecca and in Al-Madinah. They used to respect the Masajid. In the year 63 of the Hijrah, who were the ones who ransacked Al-Madinah? And they killed thousands of first-generation Muslims. And they dishonored Muslim women. Some reports say 900. Some reports say over a thousand. Muslim, Muslimat, Mu'minat, Qanitat, Sa'imat. Who did that to them? Were they the Khawarij? And now we have in today's world, because of Saudi propaganda, we have this sensitivity against Shias. People get allergic. Some people who are falling under Saudi propaganda, they become allergic if someone uses the word Shi'i. Where did that come from? It has a history, just didn't pop up today from nowhere. The Khawarij, if we wanted to be technical about it, the Khawarij were against Uthman. And they were against Ali. The Umawis, who were they against? They were against Ahlul Bayt. They were against the Shi'is. They were against Al-Zubayr. And they were also against the Khawarij. And when I say against, this wasn't an academic argument. When they were against them, they were killing them. Why aren't these facts now when all of these takfiris are all around? Yesterday in Pakistan, or was it the day before yesterday in Pakistan, bombs go off at Masajid, 70, 80, and this is just a recent example, 
Not to mention what is happening in Iraq and what is happening in Syria and what may happen in other places if they have it their way. What do you do? We look at this. These are facts of life. We look at them. What do we do? We lose faith. We lose confidence and say, oh, wait a minute, I give up. Oh, this Islam is uh, too much for me and Muslims are a sad case and nothing can be done. When someone says something like that and an hour later or a day after they say Allahu Akbar, they live in a contradictory world. They're schizophrenic. You can't say Allahu Akbar and give up on the Muslims. Whoever does that needs help. They need encouragement from those who have the courage that comes from this month and from this observance of Ramadan. The books that circulate nowadays that claim that other Muslims are kafirs, are they the books of the Khawarij? Are they the books of Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Abdul Wahhab? And the third and fourth generation Hanbalis. The only madhab that I know of, the only madhab that does not condemn Muawiyah and Yazid is the Hanbali or the scholars of the Hanbali madhab beginning with the third and fourth Hijri centuries. That's it. And some of some Muslims on the other side of this issue, they think that all Sunni Muslims are somehow Umawis. They confuse the two issues. Even the moderate and the common sense Hanbalis, like Ibn al-Jawzi, has been isolated in the literature. No, you hear Ibn Taymiyyah, you don't hear Ibn al-Jawzi. Both of them are Hanbalis. But one of them is a takfiri and the other one is not. You hear about the takfiri, but you don't hear about the other one. Weren't the Umawis the ones who killed 25 Badris, Sahabis who were with the Prophet at the Battle of Badr? Who killed them? The same killing machine that is working today was working then. Who were the ones who slaughtered the victims of Karbala? Imam al Hussein his companions, his family, who were the ones who slaughtered them? Were they the Khawarij? The Khawarij were in opposition, but they didn't commit the crimes that the Umawis committed that have circulated and have been recycled into our current Islamic literature. That's what we have. And because Sunnis and Shi'is, both of them, they live in sectarianism. They can't mature enough to see through their sectarianism. And that's where they give the opportunity to the common enemy to come in and begin to 
feed the suspicion and the evil thoughts on both sides towards each other. Who were the ones who went to the cemeteries and dug up the graves of Muslims early on in the first and second century? It was the Umawis, it wasn't the Khawarij. Who are the ones that are trying to do the same thing now? When we look at all of this, and we can go on and on. Who did all of this? Was it not those who were in power? Was it not those who don't honor the sanctity of life, of Muslim life? And why do we continue to be ignorant and can't see through all of this propaganda that is costing us? Literally, it is costing us millions of lives. Millions of Muslims have been dislocated. When we look at this gloomy picture, if, you, if you've been fasting the month of Ramadan, your internal muscle your determination, your willpower has a muscle to it. The month of Ramadan exercises that muscle. And when you look at this grim reality, you will say, not just rhetorically, not just verbally, you will say in your heart, and you will say in your action, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. We have confidence in the future of the Muslims. We are sure that the night that we are in is going to be followed by a time period of light and enlightenment. When we are at the low that we are in right now, we are sure of the summit and the peak that we are going to reach in the course of the coming years and the coming generations. That is why when we say Allahu Akbar, it is not a word. Our words come after our actions. When our actions lead our words, then the world will understand what the word Allahu Akbar means, not what terrorists and troublemakers and mercenaries and mischief conductors are doing when they say Allahu Akbar. When they go to blow up a masjid, they say Allahu Akbar. When they kill the other Muslim, they say Allahu Akbar. This is a travesty of what Islam and Iman is. And this travesty unfolds in front of our own eyes because they are feeding on our ignorance. This ignorance has to be combated in the masajid, in the madaris, in our study circles, in our private conversations. We have to combat this ignorance. And we do so with the confidence that comes from the psychology and the sociology of Ramadan.
that is capsulized in the word Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullaha li wa lakum ud'uhu subhanah wa antum muqinun bil ijabah wa tubu ila Allahi mataba. الحمد لله بجميع المحامد على جميع النعم وصلى الله وسلم على المبعوث خيرا ورحمة وهدى لكافة الأمم محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Dear committed brothers and dear committed sisters Just the other day in the Haram in Mecca, the Haram in Mecca of all places, نَجْعَلْنَاهُ حَرَمًا آمِنًا وَيُتَخَطَّفُ النَّاسُ مِنْ حَوْلِهِمْ We have designated Allah, Most High and Most Supreme says, we have designated it, meaning the Haram, as a secure sanctuary whereby peoples in surrounding areas are vulnerable to instability. حَرَمًا آمِنًا وَيُتَخَطَّفُ النَّاسُ مِنْ حَوْلِهِمْ This haram, al-haram, al-amin, just the other day, yesterday, the day before yesterday, a person had explosives and wanted to go there and detonate his explosives. Last year, in Al-Haram Al-Nabawi, in Al-Madinah Al-Munawwara, there was also a person who had explosives and gunfire, and there was an exchange of fire, and individuals, Muslims, were killed in the vicinity of Al-Haram Al-Nabawi. Does that distract from your Islam? Does that make you feel weaker? Or does it motivate you to try to put an end, not physically? These people, they act with explosives, with dynamite, with machine guns, with whatever instruments of death that they have. We don't want to kill them physically. We want to kill the ignorance in them. That's why you see us out here in the street. They don't want some people to begin to think inside the masjid. When Muslims begin to think inside the masjid, that is the first day of Islamic liberation. But when Muslims continue to enter the masjid as ignoramuses, excuse me if I use the loaded word, and they exit the masjid the same way, nothing gained, nothing they benefited from. When they do all of this, the trail of these tragedies that we are experiencing will continue. To these people who are living in the Arabian Peninsula, 
the Saudi regime, the Saudi royals, the Saudi Umawis. To these types of people, we say, we know that they hate our guts. We know that. We know that they get nervous even if they want to look us in the face. We've been here 34 years. We haven't seen the administrators of this Islamic center. We haven't had eye contact with them. Not that we avoid them. They avoid us. But anyone, we say this because we're not like them. They, we don't say they are kafirs. They are Muslims, but they are in the wrong. To them, we are like flies because we, are, we amount to kafirs. Let the kafirs pretend that they are praying outside in the street. We don't carry that type of mindset. But for anyone who has a talking relationship with them, this, these words are a voice from the future. Say to them, that the final plan, the final chapter in the agony, the misery, the battlefields, the warfare that is going on now in certain geographies of the Islamic hemisphere, the final chapter is a warfare in the Arabian Peninsula. Not only are they thinking how to carve and to cut to pieces other countries, they are also thinking how to carve out and to cut to pieces Saudi Arabia itself. And they, because they don't use their minds, and they, don't, they would rather listen to the Zionist and the imperialist who will tell them who the Muslims are, but they will not come and sit with the average Muslim, you and me. Let's, let's see, let's understand each other. Let's speak to each other. Let's, on this basis, between us and Ahl al-Kitab, Muslims have the wide horizons, the inclusiveness that will sit them with Jews and Christians and let's see, let's talk, let's understand each other. We, um, we can't do that among ourselves. Well, you can't do that if one side is telling the other side, you're a kafir. And even though this khutbah on this day of Eid Try to commute. I'm not pessimistic. Just looking at reality, looking at the facts on the grounds, trying as much as humanly possible to diagnose these. Even though this diagnosis will say, Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater than this, we're not saying this in a vacuum. There are people on earth, there's a resistance. There's a party that belongs to Allah that is showing the Zionist occupiers the stars at noontime. When they say Allahu Akbar, the others listen. And that's 
the impact of Ramadan. At the end of the ayat of al-Siyam in Surah Al-Baqarah, كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ آيَاتِهِ لِلنَّاسِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَّقُونَ It is in this manner, in this heightened observance of Ramadan, that takes on the correct Islamic character that will put the fear of Allah in those who are against Him. اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا واجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم انصرنا بالحق اللهم انصر الحق بنا اللهم كن معنا ولا تكن علينا أمن يجيب المضطر إذا دعاه ويكشف السوء ربنا أفرغ علينا الصبر وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين ربنا اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين ربنا افتح بيننا وبين قومنا بالحق وأنت خير الفاتحين ربنا اكشف عنا العذاب إنا مؤمنون ربنا اكشف عنا العذاب إنا مؤمنون ربنا اكشف عنا العذاب إنا مؤمنون اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد اللهم صل على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم اللهم بارك على محمد وآل محمد اللهم بارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم I say this with a heavy heart I, We feel the pain We see the blood We visualize our current condition and yet this is a day of Eid and it is our responsibility to bring as much as we can and regardless and in spite of these awkward conditions we should try to bring as much joy as we can to our families to our loved ones to our neighbors to our circle of acquaintances. Try your best to do that even though you know you as an individual may be able 
to enjoy the Eid. There are brothers and sisters thousands of miles away who cannot enjoy the Eid. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Kullu amin wa antum bi khayr.